0: I want winners.
1: I want people that want to win. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You got to put your money where your mouth is, Pete. It's not gambling advice. Friday, June 24th. Welcome to Not Gambling Advice. That's Colby Olson. I'm Peter Apple, And we're talking some of the best players in baseball in fantasy baseball. How about selling high on a couple of guys who are off to crazy good starts? How about buying high on some really good players that we see continuing this great stretch? Colby, what's up? It's Friday. We're almost at the weekend. Fantasy baseball season is in full swing. How you doing?
0: I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Uh, Weather's starting to pick up. We're entering... Into a really important part of the fantasy baseball season where, you know, your post draft and really kind of the weeds of the season, the waiver wire is getting really, really slim and your team is probably pretty set at this point. So right now is actually the time to hit the trade market and find some deals on the trade market because. There's always this tale of two halves, Peter. It happens all the time. A guy gets off to an amazing start, has an amazing first half, and maybe he's still solid in the second half, but there's always opportunities to buy guys that are going to have that crazy second half. And there's actually some opportunities to sell guys that had a crazy first half that might you know, still be good, but but see a little regression. And on the show, we talk a lot about guys who are 5% owned,
1: 0.1% owned. We talk about rookies. We talk about, you know, some pitchers to stream that may not be owned in as many leagues. But these guys are all going to be owned in 100% of leagues. This is really a trade episode. Should you trade for this guy, even though he's playing well? Because I think, and you think, he's going to continue. Or are some of these players off to insane starts that we think, all right, hold the brakes a little bit. Maybe now is the time to, to sell high if they are on your team. So let's get straight into it. I'm going to throw it over to you first. Let's start with sell high, and then we'll go into buy high. So who's your first candidate that's having a great year this year that you would sell? We're
0: doing... we're Sell first. You said sell sell hot. I had had buy in my head. I had buy in my head. You're you're good. Um, Okay. The first guy that I want to sell is a pitcher. And it's actually the pitcher that I picked to win the Cy Young Award this year. Julio Urias, Los Angeles Dodgers, is off to actually a pretty incredible start to the season. He has a 2.56 ERA, Peter, in 70 innings. He's just four and six. This was a guy that led the league and wins last year at 20 and three, but he's actually four and six on a Dodgers team that is incredible. So that's just mind blowing right there. But there's a few things that I'm concerned about. Obviously a 2.56 ERA is amazing. A 3.17 X ERA looks really good on the surface, right? He's still limiting contact at an elite rate, a 26% hard hard hit rate against is one of the lowest in baseball. I mean, he's always been amazing at that. What is concerning to me is that one, his four seam VLO is down one and a half miles an hour this year, 94.1 miles an hour last year down to 92 and a half this year. Kind of concerning. He's still getting good results on the fastball. So it's not the most concerning thing, but a 4.35 FIP is also very concerning to me. That, that leads me to think that there's a lot of room for that 2.56 pristine ERA to, to slip down some, I don't think he's going to be a four year guy, four year a guy. Um, but the K rate is also down 4% from last year. And so, it's not that I think that Julio Urias is all of a sudden going to become a bad pitcher. It's that he has a 2.56 ERA right now. He's on the Dodgers. He plays on a really good team that that gives him wins the upside, but I can actually see him see some regression here in the second half. And I think you can cash in on selling him right now for a guy that is just as good, like a Dylan sees. I know you're, you're going to talk about him possibly possibly even a Garrett Cole right now. Garrett Cole is a guy that I would be asking everyone for right now, just to see some people are very protective of Garrett Cole and, and view him as the second best pitcher in baseball, which I, I think I'm in that boat too, but it's worth checking in on guys like that and see if you can sell Julio Urias. My only concern about Julio Urias is he has
1: no prior history of breaking down in the second half. That's my only concern with him, but you're right with the underlying metrics. That's the thing. That's why sometimes it's hard to predict these guys because for example, my guy who I'm going to be selling high on, um, I'm not going to break him to him quite yet. Cause I still want to talk about Arias. He's also not, he also has no track record of slowing down in the second half either, but some of these underlying metrics are the underlying metrics. And Julio Arias is a guy who's been outperforming a lot of those so far, not to say that he's going to fall off a cliff, but I think a, a fantasy owner will look at a two, five, six, ERA, know that it's Julio Arias and expect him to just continue and be, and get even better when I think we're both in agreement that I don't know if he's going to get even better. I just don't know if he's going to get a lot worse. I think it's going to be slight. I think he's going to finish the year around a 300, maybe 3-1 ERA. But then again,
0: that's still regressive. That's still and that still would mean if he goes from a two five six 6 to a 3-1. That means rest of the way we might be seeing a 3-4, right? Yeah. So I think you could actually cash in here and, and get someone that you really believe in the second half. And I'm actually going to bring up a guy that I think you could also buy right now and kind of in the same boat. So I'll let you get into your, your next sell. My sell high candidate is
1: Pablo Lopez of the Miami Marlins. Again, Pablo Lopez has been phenomenal this year. He's five and three, which is crazy. With the Marlins, he actually has a winning record. Two point six one ERA. He's striking out about nine guys per inning, and he's got a whip just at one point zero six. Here's my thing with Pablo Lopez, though. He's got a three point five seven x ERA. He's got an e- he's got a FIP in the mid threes, and he's got an x FIP in the mid threes. By those numbers he is also due for regression. And if we're looking at four-seam fastball velocity, his is also down from last year. He's still been a good pitcher all year. But I think we have to remember that Pablo Lopez is a guy that time over time, season over season, has dealt with injury concerns. He's been pretty healthy all year long. He's been pitching very well. But with Pablo Lopez, I know those injury concerns are still real. And all of the underlying metrics would show that he could be due for a regression in the second half of this season. So I think right now, when he's still in that Cy Young kind of mode of people thinking that he's right there with Sandy and Joe Musgrove, I don't see him having a great second half, and I would never, ever wish injury upon anyone. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying in the past, these things have happened to Pablo Lopez, and he hasn't really put together a 200-inning type season, which he is almost on pace to do this year. I just don't know if I see that happening. I think now is the time to sell very high. Remember, very high on Pablo Lopez. You can get a lot for him. Is he going to be bad for the rest of the year? Of course not. Is he going to be as good as he's been in the first half? I don't
0: think so. You you hit the nail on the head with the injury concerns, Pete. I mean, I don't don't think anyone is going to discount how good Pablo Lopez is when he's healthy and on the mound, his changeup is unbelievable unbelievable and he's actually made improvements to it year over yep. year this year it's getting a, a 40% whiff rate he's at he's basically using that as his primary pitch I believe I checked this you know either yesterday or two days ago he throws his change up more than anyone in baseball the highest rate of anyone so it's his go-to pitch but yeah I, I think besides relievers, whenever you have Williams,
1: Devin Williams throws a change yeah up yeah this God, was besides relief yeah. this
0: was starters yeah Um, but I mean, when you have a guy that has had shoulder injuries time and time again, those are things that linger. Um, and I think they could flare up at any, any time. So cashing in on an amazing first half from Pablo Lopez and getting a guy that you can believe is going to have the longevity to pitch 180, 190 innings. I think you can, you should cash in on that because Pablo Lopez hasn't proved that he can pitch 180, 190 innings yet. That's what I'm saying. Let's hear your next sell high in the terms of the hitting department. Oh, yeah, this is, this is a wild one. And I am like, in my head, I'm like, you can't be saying this right now, Colby. I you cannot be my saying sell this My sell-high right hitter now. is insane. You, yours, is, yours is crazy. But this one might be even crazier, man. This one might be even crazier. Xander Bogarts right now mm. looks like a sell-high, right? He's hitting three thirty five, the highest average of his career. The last time he hit anywhere close to that was back in 2015. He hit three twenty. It's an amazing year right now for, for Bogey, but he only has six home runs. The power numbers are down. His ex-WOBA is three thirty six compared to a 384 WOBA. Hard hit rates down a little bit year over year. It's about league average right now. He's never been a guy that right is going to have a 50% hard hit rate, but but he's hitting more balls on the ground this year. And I could see a little regression. I could see Bogey going into a slump. The other thing with Bogarts that I've been seeing is he just has these like flare-up injuries. Right. He'll miss, he won't miss like 20 games, but he'll just miss like five games with some little like tweak in his hamstring. And I'm worried that he's getting a lot. He, he plays shortstop, obviously, but I think that's starting to, to wear him down a little bit. Um, and I could see him, you know, kind of having some some injury concerns, slow down a little bit in the second half of this season and not hit three thirty five. Honest. Obviously, I'm not saying like sell him, like go out, please sell him because I have him in, in a team and like there's not a space that I'm probably going to sell him, but I think you can get a player of higher caliber. And also second. to that
1: point, just besides the whole Xander Bogart's point, because I agree with you, how about just the fact that the shortstop position in general is so deep that you can yeah. get someone maybe of, of lesser value than Xander Bogart's and then upgrade your pitching staff or something like that. Like I would be interested in Xander Bogart's trade headliner with not a very good pitcher for a a little bit worse of a shortstop and then you get a great pitcher like that's a trade that I would love to make because I agree with you Colby I mean a 270x batting average is a 270x batting average compared to a 335 is he a guy that always outperforms those yes but is it lower than last year and there is there an enormous discrepancy yes so we do expect those to come down by the numbers and if he still continues to shock the world and hits 335 I still don't think that the power is necessarily going to be all there. The doubles are going to yep. be there, but I don't know how many balls are going to get out of the ballpark to your point.
0: And the guy that, you know, you, you were saying you could package him maybe in a two for one. You got a really good pitcher. The pitcher market is so scarce right now, but a guy that you could target is Willie Adams, mm-hmm. who right now is hitting 211. You're like, Oh, that's that's gross, but he has 15 home runs. His ex woba is 382. So it's basically flip flopped, right? His ex batting average is 260. So Meet somewhere in the middle there, and you could actually get an absolute deal right now for Xander Bogarts. An absolute deal. My sell high is
1: going to make a lot of people upset, and it could come back to bite me in the butt. I'm selling Paul Goldschmidt of the St. Louis Cardinals. And I wanted to say that quietly because it's scary. He's the best hitter in baseball right now, or maybe Jordan is, or maybe Aaron Judge is, but he's right in the thick of it. He's one of the leaders in WOBA, but the thing is he has the highest discrepancy in baseball between the WOBA and the ex-WOBA. The ex-WOBA is that quality of contact that we care about. He has a 4% drop in hard hit rate from last year. The great thing about Paul, or Pablo or Lopez, I'm still on that train, Paul Goldschmidt is that he's killing everything he's hitting fastballs to the moon can't pitch you can't give him a slider he has a 14 run value against the slider off-speed pitches crushes them too he is hitting right now 340 423 625 with 17 home runs again Paul Goldschmidt is not a guy who's normally has this bad second half but here's my thing Colby is Paul Goldschmidt really going to hit 340 this year with 45 home runs? I don't think so. I really don't think so. If we're talking about expected batting average, how about a 274 expected batting average? When you look at the Savant page, you would expect it to be a little bit redder. He's actually whiffing below average, chasing, You know, he's striking out a decent amount. He's still a great player. He's a phenomenal player. And he's probably going to finish as a top five first baseman. But does he finish as the absolute number one? I think we'll see. And I think he could be due for a little bit regression in the second half. The reason I'm saying this is because he is at peak levels. Absolute peak levels. This is like the greatest first half in his entire career at 34 years old. Has he figured something out? Is it just Paul Goldschmidt is the MVP, let's lock it in now? I don't think so. I think he's going to regress slightly in the second half. He's still going to end up with a great year, but you can get the world for Paul Goldschmidt right
0: now. And I think it's not a bad idea. My only problem is, well, one, what does the world look like? What are you trading for him? But two, what does regression look like for Paul Goldschmidt? Like, is progression 300 with you know, he's going to hit 30 plus home runs and reach over a hundred RBIs, a hundred hundred plus runs with some stolen bases. Like I see your point, And I think there is some regression here because he's been playing off his ass. 384 BABIP is unsustainable, obviously. Right. But how far off from sustainable is that? Cause I don't know. I don't know how far off sustainable that is.
1: My thinking is also with the position first base, lot of sluggers you know we were just talking about garrett cooper as a guy who's jd martinez light who could slide in at first for you i'm just saying that paul Goldschmidt at 34 years old is he really going to hit 340 the numbers would say he is not is he really going to keep up this incredible woba the ex-woba would say he's not i just think that's it's interesting and i think at the position you are able to get the world for him. I think realistically, if you put him on the trade market, people would come running with their entire team. And I think you could make a killing in the second half. I do. I'm not think saying it... sound the alarms. sound the alarms. Paul Goldschmidt is no. going to be amazing. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this is where the numbers are. But Are, are you running.
0: saying like, I feel like if you trade Paul Goldschmidt, I'm going to need to get like Kyle oh, Tucker yeah. back oh, or, yeah. you know, someone that's like an MVP candidate back. Yes. Right. Yes. I think it, in that regard, I think you have a point, and especially with how replaceable first base can be, you have a point, but still. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt is going to have a 400 WOBA end of year, probably higher than that, and just across the board, the numbers are insane. I own but, him in both but, my leagues, but so, Colby, so it's funny if, that you bring this up. If, if he ends up with a 400 WOBA, he's at 446 right now. No, I know. I, I think he, he's going to end up higher than that but I think he still hits 300 the rest of the way so it's it's tough all I gotta say is he's never had a Woba
1: above that since 2015 his rookie year where he didn't play as much so I'm saying it's just we've never seen this from him before could be a decent time to just completely cash out but with all that said you need to be getting a Kyle Tucker you need to be getting a dylan cease type you need to be getting mvp cy young type candidates for him and we're going to break into some of those guys who we think are still playing well but might get even better so colby but before we break into that we got to talk to you guys about prize picks because prize picks we do a daily twitter live stream every single day at 2 30 p.m eastern we give out all of the prize picks and it's great they're all mlb player props we bring everybody from the community, the baseball community on Twitter. We all come together and we create the ultimate prize picks lineup. And we've been doing very well lately. And if you use code just baseball, they will match your full deposit. Full deposit. Might as well play along with us with some free money for prize picks because the lines are always just better on prize picks. Better than a fan or any of these other books. They really are. And the great thing is you go four or five, you still 2X your money. It's not like a regular parlay where you lose one leg and you're out four or five, you 2X your money, even three of five sometimes. On our prize picks yesterday, we went three of five. And if you put like, let's say you put $20 or $200, whatever your unit structure is, you would have won eight or 80. So they still even pay you back some when you go three of five. It's an incredible app for daily fantasy. And we're talking fantasy all the time. We're always talking not gambling. Perfect merger on prize picks. Use code Just Baseball for a full deposit match. Let's break into buy high. This is a very fun conversation because like I said, in the last segment, we are not saying that these players are bad, not by any stretch. We're just saying at the peak, peak value, you could get a lot for them. And we don't think that they are going to keep scorching the earth for the rest of the season. Let's get into buy high
0: candidates. Colby. Who's your first. So I'm going with a theme here, Pete, because I, Picked Julio Urias as a sell candidate, and he was obviously my Cy Young pick preseason. But my other Cy Young pick, if you can remember, was Logan Webb. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying it's time to buy Logan Webb, who right now actually has really, really solid numbers. (laughs) 3.26 ERA. Um, He's 6-2, 85 innings pitched right now. He goes deep into games. But coming into the season, Pete, we, we were talking about Logan Webb as a guy that we really thought would be a 2-2, a 2-4-year, right? Really take that step into being an ace. Right now he's pitching, you know, like a really, really high-end number two. But I think the second half he's going to take it up a gear and kind of finally push into acehood conversation. He's had back-to-back really, really strong starts. One of those starts, obviously, against Kansas City. He struck out nine guys over seven innings pitched. It's Kansas City. Everyone throttles Kansas City, right? The most impressive thing that he just did, though, was he went into Atlanta. Atlanta's been the hottest team in baseball, especially at home. No one can go into that building and come out alive. He went seven innings, one earned, seven strikeouts. That is the type of stuff that I want to see. That's what he was doing last year. The strikeout rate is down on the season. Right now, his strikeout rate is at 21.6%. Last year was 26.5%. I see that ticking up, actually. If you go month over month um, and look at his whiff rates on all of his pitches, his whiff rates are way up in June right now, and I expect that to continue as the season moves along. His slider last year, Pete, 48% whiff rate. This year, 28% whiff rate. So I see, though, that whiff rate ticking up on his slider, and I just see him taking the next step. I think he has a two five ERA rest of the way. And if we just look at last year, I totally agree with you and I don't have much more to add before I break into my
1: next guy I just thought I, I would add this because you basically covered it last year July and August were his two best months, he only allowed 10 earned runs over 46 innings to give him a 1.95 era, he was so good in the middle of the summer, and I fully expect that to happen again, considering what you said, so let's break into mine. Again, another guy who I said could be a Cy Young candidate at the beginning of the season. And I still do it believe it is and it still is. And I think he could still get even better. That's Dylan Cease of the Chicago White Sox. Now, he has very similar numbers to Pablo Lopez, except on the strikeouts and the walks. Well, Pablo Lopez allows a decent amount of walks. Dylan Cease allows way too many. 4.63 per nine. He has a 1.28 fit. That's his problem. But man, can Dylan see strike out some batters? And his pitch arsenal is so disgusting. He's throwing just as hard as last year. The slider that he is now throwing, I mean, he threw it 30% last year, but now he's throwing it 37% because it's such a freaking good pitch. And the curveball has been hit so far this year, but there is a huge discrepancy in the batting average against versus the expected batting average against. And when I watch the curveball, it's still so freaking filthy. You look at the Savant page, he's in the 90th to 95th percentiles in pretty much everything. His expected ERA is actually lower than his actual ERA at 2.68. You don't see that often from a guy like this. And an expected batting average is also really, really low. The numbers would point to Dylan C's having a great second half and I don't see any reason why he shouldn't. The only, only thing that's concerning me about Dylan Cease is these walks. But what we've seen, at least in his last three starts from that seven walk performance that he had at the beginning of the month, back to back to back, the control has looked much better. I'm I'm a big believer in Dylan Cease having a phenomenal second half
0: and putting himself right in the middle of that Cy race when it's all said and done in the American League. It's crazy what Dylan Cease does because he is a reliever as a starter. Like the way he gets batters out is literally what Craig Kimbrell does for an inning, (laughs) except Dylan Cease does it for seven of them, right? His own, the only way people get on against him is by the walk. He doesn't give up many home runs. It's, it's freaking crazy. I think his slider right now, Pete, if I had to redo my best sliders in baseball would be in the top three.
1: Easily. It's so disgusting. Who's the hitter you're buying high on?
0: You know, it, it's buying high. It actually might even be buying a little bit low, but still high. Jose Abreu. And we had Mm. a big conversation about this at the beginning of the season. Pete, right. We were going back and forth. Like is Jose Abreu better? Is Jared Walsh better? And I think Jose Abreu right now is having one of his best seasons ever, but also one of his most unlucky seasons ever, right? This is the 2020 MVP right now. He has the highest hard hit rate of his career at 56%. That's one of the mm. highest hard hit rates in all of baseball, but there's not been much to show for it, right? He's still hitting 266. He has nine home runs, and that would put him on pace for the lowest home run total since 2018 when he hit 22 home runs. And I think he's ready to explode here in this, in this second half. Um, 266 average, 307 X batting average. Yeah, slugging is way above the slugging. There seems to be a lot of room here for for some positive regression I know this White Sox lineup hasn't been great it seems like all these guys just keep getting hurt but I still think there's a lot of potential for him to still push 100 RBIs so I see him as a really really good buy candidate right now because I think you can get him I think he's still gonna be priced pretty high but I think you're gonna get a lot more production than he costs right now the rest of the way I think we're gonna see some more power my
1: only concern with Jose Abreu is the age you know, he's ticked down against hitting against the fastball year over year. Just seems like the highest VLO is starting to get to him a little bit, slowing down the batches as he gets older. But still, I, I agree with you. I think he's been extremely unlucky. And when he hits the ball, he hits absolute pellets. And you know, he's so consistent, too. I mean, he's a he's a grinder. He's an Man. He plays every day. He's, he's not one of these White Sox that's consistently out of the lineup every day. So you know that he's going to come in with his lunch pail and just cook and that's what I know about Jose Abreu but that's my only concern I mean dude he has a 414
0: ex-12 oh yeah no he's still good it's crazy (laughs) I mean that's top four percent in the league it's crazy what he's doing to baseballs right now and not getting enough show for it so I like him as a buy my buy is Corey Seager
1: of the Texas Rangers so again this may be kind of similar to Jose Abreu instead but you know, Seager might be playing a little bit worse than Jose Abreu right now, but I think Corey Seager is going to have a phenomenal, phenomenal second half. If we're talking expected stats, they all say Corey Seager is just going to launch off. How about a 322 wOBA to a 396 ex-Woba? How about a 587 expected slugging to a 442 slugging? How about a 295 expected batting average to a 235 batting average right now? And we've seen with Corey Seager The power is still there. That's what I know from Corey Seager. Still got 15 home runs, but all of those other stats, I expect to tick up a ton. He's not walking quite as much last year, and he's not hitting fastballs nearly to the rate that he did last year. I expect all of those to normalize as Corey Seager was a guy who signed an enormous contract this offseason. and Now he's finally starting to adjust. I know with the whole thing with Semien because Semien was just so much worse than Seager and Seager's just been kind of middle of the pack, just getting slowly better and better and better. And he's been playing better lately. And now I expect him to fully take off as the weather continues to warm up. And I think Corey Seager will be one of the best shortstops in fantasy for the next, for the rest of the season. I really do believe that. Like for example, I think Corey Seager from today on, will be a much better option than Xander Bogarts. But I'm, I'm guessing most people would say that Bogarts is much better. So I think this is a guy who you could possibly get in a trade. Let's say you have Xander Bogarts. And I you say, I want Corey Seager and another pitcher. I think that you're going to win that trade easily. I think if you traded Seager for Bogarts today, you'd win the trade. And I don't think a lot of people would
0: agree with that. But I think so. What do you think? Corey Seager if he wasn't hitting 235 right now, which he shouldn't be would be the talk of the town. He has 15 home runs. The last time he hit more than 20 home runs was in 2017. He hit 22 dude. He might hit 20 home runs before the all-star break. Exactly. This is a guy that that looks on pace to hit 30 home runs. The biggest change he made this year is he stopped hitting the ball on the ground so much. And that's sometimes all it is like, Corey Seager's always been super balanced, but he hit 46% of balls on the ground last year, which really, really capped his power output this year. He's hitting 35.5% of balls on the ground. Dropped that ground ball rate 10%. The power shines through, and he might be a 30-home run guy for the first time in his career this year.
1: Unbelievable. So that will do it for this episode of Not Gambling Advice. We hope you all have a gorgeous weekend full of fantasy baseball. Hopefully you take our advice. But then again, it's not gambling advice, but it is fantasy advice. Well, at least we can confirm on that. Colby, do you have anything else before we say goodbye? It's just fantasy advice. It's just fantasy advice. And with that, thank you, everybody.